Thank you for listening to Namat's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. What does this to a man? Maybe it was natives? There aren't any natives here anymore. What are you doing, Poe? Edgar! Who did this to you? I couldn't say what it is. Spirit. Devil. Indians call it bad medicine. Hello and welcome to the Max Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 462. Releasing September 23 on Shudder is Raven's Hollow, a horror mystery that tells the story of a young Edgar Allan Poe as he investigates a grisly murder in upstate New York. Historical fiction told through a supernatural lens, Raven's Hollow is a suspense-driven and blood-curling murder mystery that was sure to haunt you after the credits roll. And joining me now on the podcast is the director and co-writer of Raven's Hollow, Mr. Christopher Hatton. Christopher, I thank you so very much for your time today. Hey, thanks. It's nice to meet you. Great to be here. And it's nice to meet you too. And it's really interesting. Just I was just listening to a, um, a podcast you did a couple of days ago, and you are talking about this movie. And I, I took note of this kind of like really interesting tidbit in that, you know, what really kind of, sparked your imagination in regards to this story was this time in Edgar Allan Poe's life when he went to West Point as a cadet. Um, not much is, is written about it except for that we know he went there and we know that he was discharged from there, but not, but there's a lot of kind of mystery in between. That mystery, what was it about that time in his life that really kind of like spoke to you as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, that you thought, you know, I can really do something with this and, 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 and you very much did. Yeah, it was the absence of uh, answers. Um, so for a writer, of course, that's fertile territory. Um, I just knew immediately I can spin a story that exploits, you know, to, to, that's not a great word, but that, that you know, 
that, that uses that nugget of, of mystery. Uh, everybody had been, you know, obsessed with the mystery at the end of his life. And it just seemed like, oh, here's a very interesting mystery at the beginning of his life. And then it was just, it was natural to immediately think, um, here's an opportunity to, to um, create a story that tells you how Poe became Poe. It's interesting that the story you know, of Raven's Hollow is very much a detective story. It's a murder mystery in a lot of ways. And of course, you know, it makes sense. Edgar Allan Poe is kind of like the innovator of detective fiction. Was that always the, the, the thought process for yourself and, 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 and your, your co-writer, co-writer Chuck Reeves is that you wanted to go down that road of a murder mystery? Or were there kind of like other kind of tangents you were kind of thinking of, of, of kind of like basing the story? Well, uh, you know, there are a couple of things that just seem like no-brainers. If you're going to do Poe, you're you're in horror to some degree, right? Um, how far you want to take that horror is, is, is a question. But the other thing is, yeah, you're looking for a frame, how to tell the story, what is a structure, and the fact that he had effectively invented detective fiction, it just seemed like a, a, a perfect fit. Uh, he will become a detective of sorts, and he will go through a series of events and situations that are increasingly horrific that we might even recognize as as having some influence on later writings mm. and and by the end of this journey he will be broken in ways that that he couldn't have imagined and we will see the birth of Poe as we understand him because that was the other element was that that it was a surprise to me to learn that young Edgar Allan Poe is not what I would have assumed at that time I think a lot of people would just think oh he probably was a very odd young man who had weird proclivities and and said strange things to people and in fact it was not at all that way he was very handsome upstanding um you know sort of eligible bachelor people considered him charismatic and funny and he was in in every way really what you wouldn't expect given that we all grew up looking at that image of him right the pallid sort of slightly mad looking guy and we know about the addictions and and all that so how did this this young guy who seemed to have everything going for him become such a haunted um messed up dude later in life it's really interesting that throughout the film, as as Poe kind of encounters all these different horrors, it's kind of like his mask of rationality kind of like disappears from him. And the the visuals that he sees, the things that he has, leaves an imprint on him um, that will come along later in life. It's really interesting kind of like when I look at it kind of like as a horror fan. When you watch horror cinema, a lot of the times, speaking for myself, and I've spoken to other critics about this as well, a lot of times we let things into our imaginations let things into we bear witness to things that we we wouldn't ever ever dare to do in real life because we have the veneer of the cinema there but these things do leave an imprint on us i still remember very vividly scenes from the exorcist american werewolf in london texas chainsaw massacre they stick with me for such a long time when it comes to yourself as a filmmaker and a storyteller do you have any moments in horror cinema or could be just in cinema in general that stuck with you, do you think that that you think has left an imprint on how you approach story and how you approach visuals, visuals these days? 
Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's complex in a sense that, you know, it'd be nice to say, oh, it was that one image that galvanized everything for me. And it's not that way. It's it's a bunch of different things that, that all become additives. I'm a huge Orson Welles fan. Mm. And that doesn't mean that I um, am, you know, deeply influenced by his his style, but nonetheless, his sense of drama, um, very impressive to me. Uh, I think something like Blade Runner plays a, a real role because it's just so visually dynamic, this immersive world and these, these very edgy, cool characters. And that, that kind of, there you have the, the detective procedural embedded in genre and, um, and, that's certainly one of these things. Um, as far as a horror image that that really affected me, uh, probably the first film that really really got me was was Alien, mm. um, and it was just just fabulous and delightful. Um, it's a bit of a cliche now, everybody, and it's kind of old news in a sense that the these wonderful devices that that Ridley Scott was using, sort of updating. Now everybody's done it to death and and a lot of people, young people will look at it and think, eh, you know, whatever, yeah. it's, it's okay. Um, but, you know, somebody had me thinking about this the other day and I, and, and really an, an offbeat one I realized had profoundly affected me was uh, Sam Peckinpah's film Straw Dogs, yeah. which is from the early seventies. And it's not a horror film at all, but it is, psychologically horrifying and it's a kind of a study of masculine violence and rite of passage and psychological manipulation and and I watched that film at the wrongest time in my life when I had some kind of heavy stuff going on and it weirdly pushed the buttons and it upset me so much truly upset me so much that for years after seeing it I would avoid the box in the video store, the DVD store, I would make sure that if, and if I were in the aisle with the box, I would have my back to the box. Really? Yeah. It was nuts, you know, but it, it really kind of messed me up for a while and I've never watched it since. I don't want to, but I did get to work with David Warner many years later and he's in that film. And I'm like, dude, you, you really messed me up. And, uh, you like that very much. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the world's leading online store. Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. You spoke before about what the young Edgar Allan Poe was um, you know, young, charismatic and a young man. When it came to casting him, we have William Mosley here, very much kind of fits the mould of what that that young Edgar Allan Poe is, very handsome, charismatic young man, but he has an intelligence to him as well. 
um, a curiosity that really comes to the screen. Um, working with William, casting him in that role, um, what was that uh, process like uh, for yourself? Yeah, well, you know, I had a moment when when it all became real, you know, which was, am I going to follow through with truly what I originally imagined or, or what originally inspired me, which was, yes, an, a guy who, who really doesn't bear much resemblance at first to what we know later. Or, you know, because I wrote that script, I wrote the original iteration of this like 15 years ago, okay? And that's what was in my head then. And but there was, you know, there's a moment of temptation. Oh, maybe, maybe I should rethink Poe and try to, you know, whatever, zazz him up with some kind of uh, eccentricities and stuff. And but, but you know, pretty quickly I put that away and said, no, I'm going to stick with this arc that that originally inspired me. I knew William. Okay, he and I had met, um, and that was a plus. I just, I just knew him and, and I knew what kind of a person he was beyond his ability to deliver a, a performance. And I knew he was going to give me everything and more. And we would be in under kind of potentially really difficult circumstances. Um, it could be really cold and, and brutal. There's going to be a lot of physical stuff. And he he would I knew there'd be no diva behavior from this guy. He was gonna jump in, you know, with gusto and and really work hard. And he did. And and he's a great guy too. So that helps. You you know, when you're gonna go into a situation like that, you really wanna be working with people that you like. You know, what I also love about horror films is that a lot of times around at the start of the film, you have kind of like these supporting actors in. Throughout the history of cinema, a lot of character actors worked in throughout horror, and what makes them stand out is their faces, their look. Sometimes you could just look at them and you know something's just going on there. Don't know what just yet, but they capture you. And you have two of those actors in this film, in David Heyman and especially Kate Dickey. And Kate Dickey, especially, I think ever since people watched The Witch, she's been really someone, she's been around for a long time, but that was a movie that a lot of people kind of caught on to her. When you cast your supporting role players in a movie like this, does that come to mind, faces, um, what they can project to an audience, and just as much as, say, what their talents are as an actor? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's a world, and the people need to seem like they belong in that world. Uh, there, there are all kinds of talented people you could bring in, and somehow they might have a modern vibe that, that you just can't quite get rid of or, or something. Um, so, so definitely. Uh, in fact, I held out a long, long time on, on even the smallest roles to make sure I felt like I had the right person and, you know, you're, you're casting period. And let's face it, there are some faces that just seem to, to evoke period. They seem to belong in that mythic past. And there are other faces that, maybe not so much mm -hmm. and and definitely you you know you picked a couple of great faces there you just can't beat those faces no. um, but also um Oberon Ajipong who plays Usher um an incredible face an incredible presence and um you know I I held out a long long time on that role because I needed somebody who 
could absolutely uh, sell the, the the kind of you know the 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 American black man experience of the 19th century. You know mm. that it's there, and and so he's phenomenal. But I honestly, it's it's the best cast I've ever had. I think they're all terrific. You mentioned before the cold. I could feel it. <laughs> I feel like I can feel the cold through <laughs> through the movie. You guys it was shot so this, cold. It, like some scenes in the UK, mostly that your those where you shot kind of like the main kind of like I call it kind of I wrote down in my notes like the village of damned, kind of like what you have there. Um that yeah, what's really interesting is that it does feel like I've stepped into like in a time machine into like a different period because I think the setting itself, what really struck me actually, I was looking at it, I couldn't see. Sometimes you can watch these period films and there's like little kind of things that might take you to the present. I couldn't see anything at all in that in this film that could do that. Like, for example, something that's like power lines or anything like that. Like you couldn't see this stuff. Is that stuff that's taken down in post or did you actually find something, a place where you just felt like you stepped back like 100 years and you knew that this was a place where you had to shoot? Well, first of all, Thank you for noticing that. Thank you for saying that because it was a big deal. Um, it was a really big deal to to try and not have anachronisms that would, would take people out. Um, we built a great deal of that. Uh, a lot of that was constructed just for us. And the goal was um, a fully immersive environment. So you can turn that camera around 360 degrees and you're still in Raven's Hollow. That was really what we wanted. And we didn't want to have to fix uh, too much and post or raise stuff. And really we didn't because, because we had that village. We built it. There were a couple of couple of buildings standing that kind of anchored everything that we built around. Um, I actually had a a much deeper budget in in for CGI for those kind of fixes. And in the end, I cut some 60 plus shots out of the visual effects list because we didn't need them. And when you have a set like that, what does that do for your actors? Does that really oh, kind of help them kind of immerse themselves in their roles? Yeah, absolutely. And listen, we were in a full COVID lockdown so we lived there. Okay. We weren't going home. We weren't, I mean, home was Raven's hollow and that was 40 miles out of Riga. So we were in the countryside at night. It was dead still, you know? And, and so after a while, you just feel like you, it, you're there. It, it really is, is the place. And of course that's going to help actors. Um, it's just, it just, allows them to 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 live it and and they did they 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 all were i i think everybody enjoyed that you know at first you think whoa really we're going to spend the whole shoot here together mm. um but it was a very bonding experience and this was a very cohesive cast they're very supportive of each other and and so uh it was great you know i mean you know you didn't really have to manufacture the mud the mud was there and all that it's great well, it's such a great film to watch, and um, it's been a joy to talk to you today, Christopher. For everyone out there listening, September, September 23, Shudder, Raven's Hollow. I do recommend anyone check out this movie because I really dug it because not only is it a great like, horror film and the visuals are excellent and the supernatural aspects, but the detective story really does suck you in. 
And it really does kind of immerse you into this world that we just talked about. And Christopher, congratulations to you. Best of luck with the film's release. And hopefully we talk again in the future um, with future releases. It's been a pleasure to talk today. Hope so. Thank you, man. Really a pleasure.